Hi friends, welcome to Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers, I am your host, and this is a discipleship podcast. It says it on the tin, doesn't it? Making Disciples. As a part of Making Disciples, you have to ask the question, what are we becoming a disciple of? Who are we becoming a disciple of? And the answer is, well, we want to be disciples of Jesus, not of culture, uh, not of modern writings or philosophies. We want to be disciples of Jesus. We don't even want to be disciples of religious leaders. We want to go to the source. We want to hear what Jesus has to say. We want to say he is the one that we are discipling ourselves around. And over the next term, I want to do something a little bit different to maybe what we've done before. Uh, I've been planning this for a little while. We're going to be walking through the Sermon on the Mount, or particularly uh, the Beatitudes and then certain bits of the Sermon on the Mount. If we want to be disciples of Jesus, then we have to go to the teachings of Jesus and ask ourselves, am I living out the thing, the stuff that Jesus is inviting us into? And if you want to know what is Jesus into, what is Jesus teaching, what is he about, then the only way to do that is to go to his words to scripture Matthew 5 uh, documents the teachings of Jesus and it's like a whistle-stop tour through what it means to understand the upside down upside down kingdom of God the teachings of Jesus throw the world upside down and he says this is actually the way the kingdom functions this is the way the world of a disciple of mine functions this is how we see the world this is how we behave this is the way we act and in all the ways that you think it works let me tell you it's different Uh, it's not about being nice it's not about being kind Uh, it is radically upside down it is weird stuff Uh, you can imagine that the early listeners of Jesus heard the teachings and the Sermon on the Mount like this is just the strangest thing uh, this can't be true this this cannot be how it works how it functions because this is not how we see it or how we experience it and the great thing about the sermon on the mount i'm going to explore this more in a minute the sermon on the mount is not just a teaching it is a pronouncement about how the kingdom of god functions it's not just about jesus telling us this is how we should behave It's a pronouncement of how the rule and reign of God works in the world and how we interact with that, how we function in that. So that is what we're going to look at in this podcast over the coming weeks. Today we're jumping into the first line of it. Hey, if this is your first time listening to Making Disciples, you are really, really welcome. Welcome home. You are in a safe place here to explore Jesus we love having you with us so welcome to making disciples don't forget to subscribe to like the episodes to share them on Facebook and other places I would love others to hear this teaching of Jesus so friends let's jump in as we explore the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount together So let's jump in as we explore the Beatitudes together. So let me just read to us what is the Beatitudes. Uh, So friends, the word Beatitude uh, that you find in your Bible, this is Matthew chapter 5, verses 2, kind of onwards. He said, 
the Beatitudes literally is Latin. It's a Latin phrase, and, and it means blessed or blessed. Ah, oh, so it's uh, it's gone. It's coming from the Vulgate, the uh, the Latin uh, translation of the New Testament, the Beatitudes, and it says this: Jesus said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So here we have the Beatitudes, uh, the opening teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and they really are upside down they are radical teachings of jesus so the sermon on the mount is a topsy-turvy look at what the kingdom of god actually looks like and it's completely flipping on the head all of the ways that we normally work and that we normally function and jesus flips that on its head and says actually this is how the kingdom of god functions so i want to look at this uh, matthew 5 verse 3 first the first line of the of the uh, beatitudes the blessed blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs uh, is the kingdom of god and in this episode i want to explore three things what does it mean to be poor in spirit what does the word blessed mean and what is the kingdom of god so to understand um the kingdom uh, really helps us understand uh, what are the Beatitudes and the teachings of Jesus? So Matthew 5, the setting, let's just talk about the setting of this for a moment. To locate this is really important. So Jesus is teaching it firstly on a mountainside and he's, he, he's in Galilee and he's surrounded by people. Uh, he's surrounded by sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes. He's surrounded by religious people and non-religious people. He's surrounded by uh, Roman Greeks and he's surrounded by Jews. So he's really surrounded by uh, the breadth of humanity. Um, so Jesus is teaching to a wide, diverse group of people. And he's not teaching religious people. He's teaching people that have been sidelined. He's teaching people that are burnt out. He's teaching by people that have been burnt out by religion. He's talking to people that have understood the law of God to be this controlling um, way of life that if you don't live by this, then you are not in God's blessing. Uh, he's, he's speaking into this group of people that are at the end of their rope. The Roman Empire are oppressing them. They are being controlled by uh, this regime. Uh, they're not able to fully uh, be free. And Jesus is speaking into that space. He's doing it on a mountainside, which is not incidental. Um, one of the things that Matthew does is the Gospel of Matthew sets Jesus up as the new Moses. So in the Old Testament, Moses was the great liberator. And Matthew sets Jesus up as the New Testament's new liberator. So in the way that Moses came to liberate his people from slavery, 
uh, physical slavery uh, in Egypt, Jesus is now coming to liberate his people uh, from slavery of sin. And the hope was the slavery of this oppressive regime. Uh, So uh, Moses came to liberate them from slavery into a promised new land. Jesus comes to liberate his people and also bring us to a new land, the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And that's what's so central to Jesus's teachings is the understanding of the kingdom. So Jesus has been set up as a new Moses and therefore it's happening on a mountainside where Jesus is pronouncing and teaching. So the setting in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount is on the mountainside. Uh, and it's two sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes, religious people and non-religious people. Um, so it's a real spectrum of humanity. And this teaching that we're about to look at, yes, it's the teachings of Jesus, but it's it's more than that. This is a announcement that Jesus is making. And, and specifically, as we look at the Beatitudes, blessed are the... Jesus is not telling us how to live. He's pronouncing to us something. He's announcing and pronouncing statements that are true about the kingdom of God. If you want to know what the kingdom of God looks like, then you go to the Beatitudes because Jesus is announcing this upside down reality of the kingdom of God. Friends, I'm a massive Stranger Things fan, love Stranger Things big sci-fi fan love movies love tv stuff Uh, i'm not into hobbit lord of the rings uh kind of that kind of stuff i'm into science fiction uh and i'm 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 into good old-fashioned um uh almost science fiction tv which is what stranger things is and in stranger things uh, you have this plane and then you have the upside down plane and in the upside down plane the world functions in a different way And that is exactly this kind of idea of the kingdom of God. You've got the kingdom of man and you've got the kingdom of God. And these two planes, they function radically different because the kingdom of God is like an upside down world that is in contrast to this world. In all the ways this world works and functions, in all the ways that the wealthy become more wealthy, the strong become more strong, uh, those that are blessed become more blessed. In the kingdom of God, the upside down kingdom, it's not the wealthy that are blessed, it's the poor. It's not those that are doing well that are blessed, it's those that are grieving. The whole thing. And therefore, this, these words of Jesus are announcements. They are true statements about the kingdom and how the kingdom of God functions. And you can imagine people saying about these these statements, these announcements, um, that what Jesus is saying is just weird. It is just not the way the world works. You can imagine people going, Jesus, reality check. That isn't how the world works. And Jesus says, no, but it's the way the kingdom works. So, friends, we often think that we are blessed. If we were to do a 13-step program, if we were to learn to pray, if we were to learn to read the Bible, uh, if we were able to do some self-help or read a self-help book, if we were able to grow more, learn more, think more, be faster, be younger, be more productive, then we would be blessed. And Jesus speaks into this idea and flips it all upside down and simply says when you're at the end of your rope when you've got nothing left to give that is the moment that you are the most blessed so let's explore this for a second so the line says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of god 
I want to explore the word blessed first. The word blessed is the anchor, really, for the, the Beatitudes. Blessed are those. The recurring phrase. It's the poetic phrase throughout it. Each line starts with this, blessed are the. And the trouble with the word blessed, especially with those that are more of a Pentecostal background that might have a bit more of a prosperity kind of understanding of the gospel. The word blessed uh, is all about having greater wealth. It's about having greater status, greater health. It's about having a life that is blessed and functioning well in the world you know it's easy to look at somebody and say oh gosh they are blessed so our understanding of the word blessed is that there is some sort of extra thing being given uh, an extra uh, strengthening happening happiness happening and actually if you were to look at different translations of the beatitudes you know a translation like the um, the Good News translation translates this phrase as happy are those that. So let me read that to you. Happy are those that are poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Happy. Well, that all falls apart for me. The moment you start reading um, the, the Beatitudes further in, you know, one of the lines says, uh, blessed are those who mourn for they, those uh, they will be comforted. It doesn't work. Happy are those who mourn for they will be comforted. The, that word that we have here that we translate as blessed or sometimes is translated as happy in some translations, it, we need to understand what is that word actually all about because it does not mean happy and it does not mean that you've got more of something. The word blessed here in the Greek is the word makurios, M-A-K-O-R-I-O-S. Some Greek words, some Hebrew words, and some Aramaic words, they can be translated really simply into an English word. And then there are some words that actually, to see it as a picture in your mind, can really help unlock the meaning of that word, because there isn't an English way of translating it easily. Now, the word mikurios, I want you to picture for, you, for a second uh, two hands cupped together, and these two hands cupped, they're holding something really fragile. The word mercurios is a picture. It's the picture of two hands cupped, holding, supporting, uh, and caring for something that's very vulnerable. That is the word mercurios. And let's just think about this for a second. If you are holding a very fragile bird in your hand, that bird is um, may have a broken wing. And as you hold it and you cup it, uh, that bird is now in a good place. It's in a safe place. It's in a blessed place because it's in a place where it is held and it's being supported. It's a place where it's being cared for and it's not being abused. It's You could say it was, it's, a, it's a good place. You could say it was happy because it's in a supported place. Well, actually, its situation is it's got a broken wing. It's very fragile and it's very hurt. So in itself, it's not well. But actually, the very position that it's in is good. It's blessed. It's a place of safety. Now, that picture is the picture that is the word mercurios that starts every line of the Sermon on the Mount. And I, lo I love to translate that phrase. I think one of the best ways I've been able to come up with this is, is you're in the hands of God when. 
So when Jesus says, blessed are the, the, the root, the very heart of what Jesus is saying here with the women of Kyrios is, you're in the hands of God when? So if you were to reread the Sermon on the Mount, replacing that, you're in the, you're in the hands of God when you're poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. You're in the hands of God when you mourn, for there you'll be comforted. You're in the hands of God when you're meek, for you will inherit the earth. You're in the hands of God when you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, for you will be fulfilled. You're in the hands of God uh, when you're merciful, for you will too be shown mercy. You're in the hands of God um, when you're a peacemaker. You're in the hands of God when you're pure of heart. You're in the hands of God when you're persecuted. So this phrase, you're in the hands of God, is at the heart of the Beatitudes. You're in the hands of God. So now let's link that, helpfully link that to the next phrase. You're in the hands of God when you're poor in spirit. Friends, poor in spirit is not something positive. It's not a good term. The poor in spirit are the losers, the spiritual zeros, uh, the morally empty, the pathetic, those that have nothing left to give. The poor in spirit are people whose bucket has run dry. Uh, they are at the end of their tether. Uh, they're either morally or emotionally, spiritually bankrupt. They've got nothing left. When you're at the end of your rope, your end of your tether, uh, you feel like you are mentally cracking up. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. When the bucket has utterly, utterly run dry. And into that spiritual, emotional and physical bankruptcy, God says, you're in my hands I am holding you and yours will be the kingdom of God. See, friends, the kingdom of God is not for the wealthy. It's not for those that are, that are on a cloud and they are living the dream. They're living their best life. The kingdom of God is for those that have fallen apart. Their life no longer makes sense. They can't do of it as they wish under their own will. They've got nothing left. And in that moment of having nothing left, and in that moment of hitting rock bottom, God pronounces yours is the kingdom. The kingdom is on your side. The kingdom is on your side. See, friends, this is where the teachings of Jesus and the Beatitudes they make no sense to religious people. To religious people, you read your Bible more and you'll be blessed. Pray more, you will be blessed. Worship more and you will be blessed. Friends, let me make it clear. Worshipping, praying, reading your Bible. It is what we need to be doing because it's in that place we find God's wisdom. But what Jesus is announcing here is there is a danger that sometimes we think that when we're on top, we are blessed. And Jesus flips this upside down and says, friends, no, not when you are on top, but when you are at rock bottom, you are now blessed because you will find the kingdom of God. How can that be? Surely that doesn't make sense. And it does. 
It does, because when you're in the mountaintop moment and everything is going well, it's too easy to say, I don't need God. I can do this on my own. I am strong. I have what it takes. It's when you are fallen on your knees, your hands are empty, and you have nothing to give, that in that moment you realize that it's only in God that you can have all that you need. It's only in him that everything is found. So it's when you hit rock bottom, you are on your knees uh, and you're in the dirt. It's that moment that you realize that I have got nothing left. There's nothing in me today. I cannot even get out of bed. And in that moment, God says the kingdom is near. The kingdom is on your side. See, friends, the kingdom of God isn't for those who earn it. Oh, that wouldn't be good news. Good news is that when you are worn out, exhausted, empty, sinful, outcast, and nobody understands you, God is on your side. The kingdom of God is a heavenly reality that lands smack in the middle of everyday difficult life. The kingdom is the way that things really are. So blessed are all those that don't deserve to be blessed. Happy are the have-nots. Favoured are the forgiven or the forgotten. Friends, the kingdom of God is upside down, not when you're on a spiritual high. But it's when you're on a spiritual low and you are on your knees, that is when the kingdom is on your side. And friends, this disturbs the religious people. It's irritating because it's opposite to what religious people want. Religious people want to know that if I read my Bible, I am blessed. If I evangelize somebody, I am blessed. Um, If I pray more, I am blessed. If I worship more, I am blessed. If I do all the right things, I will be blessed. Now, let me just make it clear. When you read the Bible, it's good. You're going to be blessed because you're, you're living out the good stuff. But the kingdom disturbs religious people because the kingdom creeps into those that are on their knees and says, God is on your side. To the exhausted, the empty, the sinful, and the outcast, God understands. He is on your side. And friends, this disturbs religious people. It irritates them. They don't want to hear this. Religious people want to hear that if I was just to be better, God would bless me. Now, it's not, well, you better go and you better make sure your life falls apart then. Because if your life falls apart, uh, if you gamble it all away, then God's going to bless you. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, there are times in your life when everything has just fallen apart. Sometimes because of bad decisions you've made. Sometimes the bad decisions of other people. Sometimes because life is just horrible at times. It's riddled with evil. And sometimes you end up in a place where you're like, how did I ever get here? And it's in that place where you fall on your knees and you've got nothing left. That's when God says, I am with you. I'm on your side. The kingdom is here. Religious people don't like it. They don't want to hear that. But when you're on your knees and you find yourself in that place, you realize the kingdom is on my side. That is when you now, friends, are truly blessed. When you're held in the hands of God, when life falls apart, the kingdom is near and you are in a good place. You're in a right place. That's what it means to be blessed. 
So friends, why is it like this? Why is this how it is in the kingdom? Because this is the way God is. I love the message translation of this bit. It says this, you're in the hands of God when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule and his reign. You're in the hands of God when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and more of his rule and reign. Friends, it's when we fall apart that God can take over. It's when we have run out and run dry that he can come and then bring us what we need. So friends, as we explore the Beatitudes, may you come to realize the upside downness of the kingdom of God. It's not when you are strong, you are blessed. It's when you are weak and fragile on your knees. It's when it's fallen apart, the kingdom of God comes by you and says, I am on your side. May you know that God loves you that he's with you and he is holding you in his hands. And this teaching of Jesus is weird. And as we go on, you'll see it flips the whole order of things upside down. So friends, I pray that you would have a blessed week, knowing that you're in the hands of the divine and that God in that place has everything that you need. So friends, grace and peace. Have a great week and know that you are resting in God's hands. Until next time, see you soon.